Welcome to Detour to Neverland, where you are the author of your own Disney story. There's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities. And you can find magic in your everyday life. If you do what you really want to do, you feel like you're playing. How can you write your first chapter today? Dreams are how we figure out where we want to go. Life is how we get there. I'm headed this way. We're your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 217. So thank you so much for joining us. Hope you are having a wonderful Labor Day. If you are listening to this on release day, we have a really exciting interview with Shannon from Second Star Collective that we're really excited to get to here in just a moment. Wanted to mention a couple of things. We're doing our storytelling episodes, and those come out every single Wednesday. This week, we're doing Star Tours, and part of those episodes are getting the feedback from you guys as the listeners to hear your stories, hear your Neverland score for these different attractions and the stories that they tell. So if you want to be part of that episode, head over to our Facebook group. You can find it at Detour to Neverland podcast community on Facebook. Also, you can find it in the show notes below. But today we have a really exciting interview with Shannon. Like I said, we just love Shannon's story. We know that she is bound for so many wonderful things. She's also encouraging so many different people along the way to follow their dreams, which obviously resonates with us very well. So super excited for this one. Super excited that we could collab with Shannon. So without further ado, we're going to turn it over to her and she's going to introduce herself and tell us one random fact that we may not know about her from social media. Well, hi, everybody. My name is Shannon, and I am obsessed with Disney, and I'm obsessed with social media. And um, one random fact about me is that I actually take hip-hop dance classes every week. Um, I Right outside of high school, I went and I started dancing professionally with jazz, contemporary, and hip-hop. And, um, I just sort of rekindled my love for that recently. And now I dance in freaky fresh hip hop classes every week. (laughs) And I love it. That is the coolest thing ever. Is that, I mean, that's the best way to get a, a workout, but B do something that you love. Did you like, how do you find classes for not children? If that makes sense? No, it was incredibly difficult because it's, it's hard to find stuff for people over the age of 18 that isn't like, you know, Zumba or like (laughs) anything like that. And I wasn't about Zumba, but one day I was scrolling around on social media and this video went viral of this guy from this dance class. And I was like, Oh my goodness. And like, he was on Ellen and like, there was a whole bunch of stuff. And as it turns out, the place that the classes were held is actually two minutes up the road from where I live. And I just had no idea that they had been holding class there for years. So, um, that's how it kind of happened. What a small world. I know that is so cool. Literally it's incredible. And I live in like the sticks of Jacksonville, Florida. So (laughs) there's not really a lot going on around here. So it was fun to see that like this random dance class went viral right down the road. The guy that was on Ellen, is he just like in the class or does he teach the class? He was just in it. And at the end of class, we film little clips that we put on social media. And the 
teacher, her name is Jen, posted this video and it just went like wildfire around the internet and Ellen eventually found it. So, I mean, it's pretty crazy. He's a normal guy. He's just chilling in (laughs) class with us. Man, what a ride. Yeah. That that would be crazy. (laughs) So, well, thank you for that random fact. That's an awesome (laughs) random fact. Maybe we'll have some other dancers reach out and... I don't know what dancers do. Collab? Uh, dance off? I, I, I don't think, know. Oh my gosh. You'll just see a break dancing circle right in front of the castle one day. Who yeah, knows? Like a black mob. Yeah. <laughs> so, but let's lay that foundation. What is your Disney story? How did you fall in love with it? How has it grown and evolved over time? Okay. Where did, oh goodness, where do I begin? I feel like this started the same way a lot of other people's Disney stories starts with my parents and my parents went to Disney a lot, especially when they were dating because they had a lot going on in their lives. And one of their places that they would actually escape life and the struggles of life was they would go to Epcot and we're just two hours away. So it's a really easy weekend trip or day trip. And, um, as my parents got married and as they started having kids, our yearly vacation was going to Disney. And from that point, I specifically remember it was in middle school. So I had to have been around like 11 or 12 when I became obsessed with specifically the Disney resorts and it kind of spiraled from there and growing into adulthood my love for it has grown in ways that I wasn't really expecting just because I always thought that Disney was um a fun place for families but also some of the incredible things that Disney has implemented recently with valuing young adults and valuing people above the age of 18, it's just made it even more fun and a better place to escape and just a fun place for positive interaction and positive people and just to have fun because we all need a little more fun in our lives. So it sounds like maybe your fandom is more parks forward instead of movies forward. Do you think that's fair? Oh, absolutely. 100%. I think we are too. I don't know if I trust people who are movies forward. (laughs) I do think, I mean, it kind of depends on where you grew up. Like it makes sense. You grew up close by that you'd be more of a parks person. You have to think about those people who are not here I mean, you kind of have to be movies. Yeah, focused. but have they ever rode the people mover? Wouldn't it change their mind <laughs> Listen, immediately? That will change anybody's mind. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's solid. I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, kind of uh, connect with that, that it's something that was instilled at a young age. And I do think it's an interesting point of, point of what you bring out that Disney kind of does offer a lot of things for young adults now. And it seems like, you know, to the outside world, it doesn't seem like we're a target demographic, but I think we really are for them because we probably spend way too much money. We spend oh, yeah. all of our free time there. Um, and it is, it's almost like year after year, you start seeing more young couples or, or friend groups or yes. and all these different and even solo people going and just enjoying, um, you know, and especially our generation a lot of damage to unpack, like <laughs> right. a lot of, you know, bad stuff going on in it. And it's, I think we're kind of addicted to that escapism. 
Oh, 100%. And that's, um, that's something that I kind of noticed going to the park specifically in 2020 before the shutdowns happened that I started noticing a lot more couples without kids and a lot more couples with either, um, with either just like a whole bunch of like young adult friends or like bachelorette trips or anything like that. It was just, it was fascinating to me that I never really looked at that. And it's, it's made me think, I don't know if you guys have watched the Imagineering story, but one of the things that, um, the CEO in the nineties was focused on was the teenagers and, creating the parks to be a place where teenagers would have fun. And I really think that that's evolved over time because I mean, we were the teenagers at that point and growing up, seeing it shift to valuing young adults as well. Like it's just, it's really fascinating that it's like, wow, you just value us at all stages of life. And we thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) Except they took Disney quest away. The only thing I know like retro plays so well now. Yes. Put a big, huge box of just arcade games and you'd have millennials in there nonstop. Honestly, yeah. that would be so much fun. I love Disney Quest. That place was awesome. We only got to go once, but we did love it. We played the uh, Fruit Ninja game a lot. <laughs> oh my gosh. I did the, do you guys remember the roller coaster experience in there where you got yeah. to create your own roller coaster? Yep. That was wild. <laughs> that probably would make me sick now. I was going to say, I don't know if I could handle that anymore. Oh, for sure. Same like, here. Yeah, it's wild. But uh, thank you. I think that lays a good foundation. And, you know, we've picked up piece of, pieces of your story along the way through social media and, and interactions and conversations that we've had. But, you know, we find it so fascinating, both in the story arc of how you got to this point, but also just how authentic and honest you are about, you know, that it it hasn't been easy to, to get to this point. So if you could share kind of your story and, and how you got into content creation and, and how this has become such a big part of your life now. Yeah, it has been a journey to say the least. And so I went to college for nonprofit management and theology. And outside of that, I went to one of those programs where you had a practicum where there was some kind of um, internship in the program. And then afterwards, I had an internship set up. And a lot of people noticed that I was good at taking pictures and I was really good at like interacting on my personal social media. So I got a social media internship in town. And that is where I learned a lot of the ins and outs of content creation and um, how to grow a platform and how to use insights and why insights are, um, so pivotal to look at. And, um, from there, I kind of kept in the marketing realm in terms of just jobs and sort of my career path. And I grew a huge love for content creation and in marketing. Um, and 
It's always been in me to just be a creative person. My dad plays every single bluegrass instrument you could ever think of. And my mom went to college for chorus. And um, my oldest brother, he is a live stream gamer for his everyday life. Like that's how he makes his income. And I've just been raised in a really creative family and encouraged to be a creative person. So the content creation part of marketing was really special to me. And so what I started doing with my own personal platform, I just kind of started sharing what I loved and what I did. And it was a lot of stuff about my life and Um, eventually I got an annual pass to Disney when I was in college. And I actually started with the water parks after two pass. I know that that's a weird thing to start with annual passes, (laughs) but that was my annual pass of choice to start out in. And so I started sharing a lot of stuff on social media about, um, how I was going to Disney a lot now that I had an annual pass and, um, I wanted to start a Disney Instagram and, um, I did it first. And then I was like, I, I didn't like the kind of split nature of having to check two social media platforms. I really didn't like that, that one was Disney and one was life when in reality, it just, it is my life. Um, and so I started creating content that I thought people would want from me and not what I truly enjoyed. So, um, it was stuff. If you look at my previous YouTube channel, there are a lot of things just about my life and about, um, working for a church because I used to work for a church in town. And that was stuff that I felt like I had to produce, but it wasn't something that I truly wanted to do. So, um, one of the things that I keep telling everybody, it's a statement that just keeps rolling off the tongue is quarantine's the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, and during quarantine, I did a lot of self-reflection and I noticed that, um, Disney content is what I really love producing. And Disney content is just something that makes me happy. And it's something I love, um, reading and seeing, and it's just what I intake. So it's what I want to outpour as well. So, um, during quarantine, I made a massive shift from just sharing things about my life to sharing things specifically about Disney, because it's what, um, makes me happy. And at first I was scared that people would make fun of me and that, um, people wouldn't understand, but the warm welcome to fully shifting to Disney content has been absolutely incredible. And I've loved every second of it and producing it on Instagram and TikTok has just been so much fun and I'm having the best time. Well, I do think that that's something that so many people can relate to because we've even mentioned it, like you have different bubbles and that can be super draining. Like you have, you said, you know, your personal account and then your Disney account where in real life, you know, Disney consumes us like all the time. So, I mean, I think that's something, you know, when you made that decision, you make it sound easy, but like, what was that like? Like when you made that choice? It was it was really hard at first. And, um, something that I've been really open about on any platform has just been, 
Um, the amount of judgment that comes on Disney adults is it's insane. And, um, I remember specifically there were comments made to me whenever I started posting more Disney stuff, um, that people I knew people I loved and even leadership, um, of mine would just say the most hurtful things unintentionally, um, about my love for Disney. And that kind of stuff was holding me back from really stepping into the Disney content realm. Um, and I feel like a lot of people are in that same boat where people have just said things to you that you're like, Oh, I guess people won't really care. Or I guess people do think that that's really weird about me, but in reality, it's, it's just fully immersing yourself into it and finding a community of people that are like-minded and that share the same creative energy as you, it truly does change things. And it really does empower you to do things that you never thought you would do. Um, So it really is just about the circle of people around me that really helped propel me into making that shift. Sometimes I really want to beat myself up. I remember that I was in a fraternity in college. And, uh, oh my they goodness. Know that I do a Disney podcast now. So whatever. But I mean, that is a hurdle that I think everybody has to get over. And it's something that, like you said, and what I and what I love so much is that you said once you started creating it for yourself and creating the content that you enjoyed, that's when you saw that shift. And I'll be honest, that's something that Catherine and I still struggle with. We are such people pleasers. We're constantly thinking like, how can we just make these other people happy? Like, what can we do to transform ourselves? In reality, what people want is just for you to create what you like. If they like it, they connect with it. If not, they move on. Uh, And I think that's a realization that takes people a long time to get to. And the sooner you get to it, the quicker you're going to gain confidence, the quicker you're going to start seeing growth and the more you're going to enjoy yourself, which is obviously the most important thing. Oh yeah. And the things that we do to please others, it it always leads you to this place of burnout and you just end up hating what you're producing and eventually hating the platform that you're on. And for me, it wasn't until I started producing stuff that I genuinely enjoyed and that I loved that I actually started seeing growth. And I think it's because we don't realize that people see our authentic selves through a screen, but it's kind of incredible that, um, that the moment that you start doing what you love is when doors just begin to open everywhere around you. Something you said just like smacked me in the face like a ton of bricks <laughs> of you start hating the platform that you're on even. And we completely went through that as well. And I don't think we've ever been able to articulate it. Like we felt that way about Instagram for a long time. It's like we were harboring like, oh, these people didn't like and comment on our last couple of posts and we've right. done it for them. And it's like, that's, you know, long time listeners know we took a break for a few months And a lot of it had to do with that, that we were starting to harbor these ill feelings because we got burned out and because we were letting ourselves get into a spot that we shouldn't have been in. But then I I think you're exactly right that once we came back, we said, we're going to do what we want to do. And 
you know, if people like it, great. If not, we're doing it for each other and for ourselves. So I don't know. I just think there's so much truth in that. And you can't repeat it enough times for, I mean, I wish someone would have smacked me over the head (laughs) whenever we were in that spot of just like, dude, it's an Instagram like, like nobody cares. Literally, it's just for (laughs) you. And even looking back at the memories on Instagram, like sometimes I'll go to the little archive and I'll see like on this day, two years ago, you were here. And it's like, oh, that's for me. Like no one else is going to see that, but I'm going to see it. And I love that. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, kind of brings us to your YouTube channel. Um, You know, we went way back. We watched your very first video. And I know whenever people say like they listen to our first episode, we probably feel the same way that you felt when we told you that. I'm like cringing right now. (laughs) If you saw my face, it, oh God. But, you know, there is a, a definite change in just the way that, you know, you kind of present everything. And, you know, like you said, quarantine and kind of making that shift in 2020 was so noticeable and it's so impressive. And it's definitely nothing to knock 2019, Shannon. We love her too. (laughs) But, you know, in that shift, like what helped solidify that? I think the biggest thing that solidified it for me was that I had to genuinely just look into myself and have a moment of self-reflection. And um, so I was in a place that I didn't even realize how sad I was um, at the end of 2019. And I didn't realize... um, that I was trying to be something that I wasn't. Um, and it really is because of, I take the Enneagram test. I don't know if you guys have ever taken that, but, um, for anybody that cares, I'm a three wing two on the Enneagram test. And so I have a really tough time self-reflecting. And during quarantine, I sat back and life slowed down. And I actually had to look at myself and I actually had to spend time with myself and think, what makes me happy? What do I want to do in the long term? And how can I get there? And I think that those three questions were genuinely what changed me and what kind of stopped the thoughts in my head of just, Oh no, you can't do this. Oh no, you have to stay in this pattern. And, um, and I want to be happy and I want to do what I want to do. And I want to do what I love to do. And, um, I really do think that that's what changed. It was spending time with myself. And sometimes whenever you're in a dark place, that can be really hard to look into yourself, but, whenever you do it, it's so beneficial and it, it really does change you and it helps you grow in places and heal places that you didn't even know needed healing. I don't even know. I mean, yes, (laughs) this is really deep and I didn't know I was going to get this deep and I'm so sorry. No, 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 do not apologize. No, because I, you know, these are the meaningful conversations that I think we're always searching for. And, you know, it's something that Catherine and I have been, you know, 
very transparent about for us as well, that sometimes it's a struggle uh, to figure out what you want to do. And I'm curious about when you sat down and you thought about those goals and how are you going to get there? And you may not have an answer to this and that's fine, but what do you think is kind of the backbone of everything you're doing right now? Is it TikTok? Is it YouTube? Is it Instagram? Is it all the above? I'm just very curious about how you laid out that plan. I think everything organically happened because I don't know if I would necessarily say that any of my platforms is just my one platform that I'm putting everything into. Um, but right now I have taken a step back from YouTube and I think it's just because I'm trying to figure out what I want to do there because I do love that, but I'm still trying to figure it out if I want to start a second channel, if, um, and just completely start over there. But yeah, I, I mean, I think it's all organically growing and that's, um, I, I don't know. I'm just enjoying all the platforms right now and they're very fun for me. I feel like that brings us to a platform that to this point, no one has ever talked to us about. We have to talk about TikTok. It is the most chaotic, random, crazy, beautiful app that baffles everybody. So why do you love TikTok? I love that you describe TikTok as chaotic. (laughs) (laughs) I never use that word for it, but it is definitely chaotic. And I love TikTok because I feel that in all of the social media platforms, that is the platform that you can come on as just whoever you are. And there's not this, you know how on Instagram, everybody has these like stunning, just incredibly cinematic pictures. And that's what draws people in. And then on YouTube, it's whoever's doing the newest thing and whoever is um, sharing their experience. And whenever it comes to TikTok, you can literally do anything and everything. And you don't have to look a certain way. You don't have to produce any particular content to necessarily get on the For You page or get on um, other people's feeds. It just kind of happens. And I think that's the risk and that's the fun of it is you're just producing what you love, how how you look, whatever song choice you want to use, whatever voiceover you want to use. And it's just a fun place for your followers or to get on the For You page. And I don't know. I can't stop thinking about the chaotic comment because I'm like, now that I'm trying to describe it, I'm like, this is a very chaotic answer. But I love it. I I love TikTok. I mean, I would agree with everything you said. And I think, you know, a lot of those things that maybe get people down about Instagram that sometimes happen to us of that it's sometimes impossible to be found and you feel like you're screaming into a vacuum with TikTok. It doesn't seem that way. Like you don't have to keep a curated feed necessary that all looks a certain way and has a certain color palette. You don't have to stick to one type of content. It's just kind of, you throw it out there. Some of them are going to flop. Some of them are going to do great, but there's almost just not that. And maybe it's just the way that we've approached it. 
there's there's less pressure it seems like and i think it's a very healthy place in most aspects but, <laughs> but particularly in that aspect of that everybody it's almost like everybody's on an equal playing field yes i feel the same way that a normal person who's you know on a on vacation in orlando that doesn't produce you know, Disney or Universal content can get on the same for you page as some of the biggest creators in LA, like Jeffrey Star and David Dobrik. Like it's insane. It is insane. <laughs> well, and also you see, like you don't see it as much on Instagram. Like you'll see David Dobrik comment on just a random TikTok. It's like you don't see that on Instagram and as much. That is awesome that you can come across anybody's for you page they can be a celebrity they can be just a person laying in bed at four in the morning like there's so much opportunity on tiktok that i feel like a lot of people haven't tapped into and one of the things that i feel like people are afraid of is i think people want to go viral so bad but at the end of the day people are really afraid of that sort of viral attention that comes with uh, with being on TikTok, and it's 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 so much fun. And the fact that your stuff can go viral, and your business can go viral, your Instagram can go viral—it's honestly incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, our approach to it, like Brendan said, was just kind of like, oh, we're going to try it because everyone seems to be doing this right now. It was like the quarantine thing to do. And I mean, we, yeah, we just kind of got sucked in into this, unlike what Brennan said, an unhealthy addiction. (laughs) (laughs) And here we are. You just end up scrolling at two in the morning and you're like, I don't know how I got to the side of TikTok where people are showing me how to make a chocolate croissant, but like I'm here for it. (laughs) Well, the other thing I think people don't realize about TikTok is that it's just like every other social media platform where the algorithm is learning about you. So like right now on Instagram, if I open up Explore, I'm going to see all Disney content, like for the most part. And? And corgis. (laughs) I was going to say food, Orlando food. Oh, Orlando food. Um. And that like Instagram has been trained and TikTok is the same way that when you first open it, yes, you're probably going to see teenagers dancing things that you don't want to see. There's some (laughs) awful trends that you just have to power through. Tell the system that you're not interested in this type of content. Eventually you only see Corgis and Disney and that's now I'm having the time of my life. (laughs) I love it. And that's also the fun thing about TikTok is that you can curate your feed to be whatever you want it to be. And I even think that um, there aren't a lot of Disney creators on TikTok yet. And I know that TikTok can be a scary place, but what's beautiful about TikTok is that there's room for everybody. And some of the things that you post, like I post a lot of stuff about Disney outfits and affordable things that I find on Amazon or Disney things I find at Target or Walmart. But then there are other people that are actually in the parks showing actual um, like restaurant reviews and ride throughs and how the 
how it's like to get tickets now and how it's like wearing a mask in the parks. Like there's room for everybody and it's great. Yeah. We don't want to spend a whole, I mean, we could spend a whole episode on TikTok because <laughs> I think it's just a fascinating platform. But the last thing I'll say is just like the same thing. The, the more people that join it, the more likely you are to get those quote unquote viral videos. Yes. Absolutely. And that's what is so, I think, genius about how they've built the platform is that it you don't have to have 100,000 followers to get 100,000 views on something. It It's not built that way. And your opportunity is almost limitless. That's very true. So. so come join us and Shannon <laughs> on TikTok. Please. That's been... That's been the moral of this story. I like all your videos. I'll comment on everything. I promise. <laughs> but uh, we wanted to round this out. And, and I think it's been a narrative through your entire story. And we love this about you. But I'm curious if you have some advice to someone who maybe has trouble dreaming big. How do you push out of that comfort zone? How do you dream bigger than life and start carving out a life that you want? I think that it's really hard in this specific day and age. And specifically with millennials and Gen Z, we've kind of grown up in a life that we've lived through so many, you know, stock market crashes and economic crashes. And I mean, now at this point, we can just add global pandemic to our list of things that we've been through. And um, I think a lot of those things about life has kind of knocked us down and knocked us back. Um, And it's really hard to dream big when you feel like you don't have a lot. Um, And one of the things that somebody told me that changed my life was that Life is abundant when you start looking at it that way. And every single thing that comes into your life and you push out in your life is abundant. So whatever you're looking at in your life, if positivity is abundant, and if you need positivity in your life, if you look at it as an abundant thing that can come into your life and you can push out, it changes the game for you. And I think when it comes to dreaming and wanting to dream big, I think for somebody that feels like they don't have any dreams, I think a great thing to start with is to sit down with yourself and to write down what makes you happy and to write down what you ultimately want in life, whether that's eventually you want to own a house or eventually you want to own a dog. Um, eventually you want to have a family with kids or you want to live in a particular place. I think that those are incredible things. And those are massive dreams that, um, that people have, but whenever it comes to dreaming big and having, having that sort of mindset, your dreams should scare you and your dreams should kind of feel like you can't touch them yet. But at the end of the day, we're all still so young in this life and there's still so much more that we have to live. And there's so much more that 
can be brought in and pushed out through us that it's important for you to have dreams in your life because then you feel like you have some sort of purpose and you feel like your life is worth living and you're able to impact other people and you're able to live the life that you want to live because we can do that and we can work hard to get there and all of it's going to be worth it in the end. And the dreaming is going to be worth it, even though it feels a little weird at the beginning, writing down like, Hey, I want to own a business. You might feel stupid at the beginning, but that's incredible. That's awesome that you want to have a business. And there are people out there that want to help you get there too. So I think it's really important and it's, and it's really fun and it makes life worth living. I think that's a really good and a very tangible first step because it can be really overwhelming, especially when you kind of reach that point of like, I'm at this crossroads, I have these skills or I want to gain these skills to get to where I want to be. Like, what do I do? And I think, you know, me and Brendan say this a lot, but just talking it out and like throwing it out into the universe, I think is just very powerful. And, you know, same thing with writing it down that gives you a starting point because you can look at that paper or you can reflect on that conversation and think, okay, this is what I want. How can I get there now? And then, you know, that's when I think you can start finding those people and, you know, surrounding yourself with, you know, like-minded individuals or someone who has maybe a similar goal or is on, you know, the same kind of journey that you are. And, you know, I think having those people to lift you up and then having, it doesn't even have to be a plan, you know, just the idea of, you know, what you want to accomplish. I think that's the best first step and it's the easiest first step and it's free, which people love. So I love, I love all of that. <laughs> yeah. So you're telling me I don't need a new camera before I can reach my dreams. Well, correct. <laughs> Listen, the iPhone is a great place to start. If you want to be a vlogger, I'm just it saying, is. I listened to one of the episodes recently with Vincent Vision and he started out with an iPhone and he's off soaring with his little fancy camera now. Awesome. At 24 frames per second. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yep. He said that in one of his recent videos. He's transitioned to 24 frames per second to get a more cinematic view. And I thought, you've got more guts than I ever would. Absolutely. That Wow. Good for him. Yep. Good for him. So <laughs> that is so true. You can record a podcast with anything. You can start a blog from your phone. You can start a vlog from your phone. You can do, you have everything that you need to get started in your hands. 100%. Right An iPod touch can get the job done. <laughs> An iPod nano might not, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on what you want to do. <laughs> Some of those things are powerful. You never know. So. Shannon, this has been such a great first half of the episode. We love everything that you had to share. And we thank you so much for sharing your story. I know our listeners have enjoyed it as well. We're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our partners. And then we will be back to play the Fast Pass round. Today's episode is brought to you by Karma and Kismet. If you're anything like us, you're super excited for fall and spooky season and all things Mickey pumpkin shaped. And if you're trying to decorate your house with a little bit of Disney magic, we highly recommend going over and checking out Kelly's designs on Etsy or at her website, Karma N, the letter N, kismetdesigns.com. She has lots of cool prints 
cards and things that you can use to make your house look a little more spooky and a little more festive. Kelly also just helped us rebrand and make our new logo. So thanks, Kelly. So if you're looking for anything like that, she's a great person to hit up. So again, that's karma and kismet designs.com and you can use the code detour 10 to get 10 percent off your purchase all right so we're back we're doing our randomized questions you said you were ready so here we go i hope i am oh goodness <laughs> <laughs> okay your first one what's your favorite season to visit the parks oh my goodness I think my favorite season would have to be Christmas. And it's just because everything is just decorated immaculately, including the resorts, which are free to visit. So you can get a little dose of Christmas in Disney at any resort. But I think it would have to be that. Since you said you're a huge resort fan and you just brought them up, what's your favorite resort to visit at Christmas time? Oh, goodness. I think I think it would have to be the Grand Floridian. And it's just because of that smell when you walk into the lobby. It's unmatched. Like the gingerbread house that they have just smells up the whole lobby and the Christmas tree is massive. It's, it's beautiful. Fingers crossed. We can do that this year. Oh, I yeah. hope so. Mm-hmm. Next is your favorite sweet snack in the spark in the parks, in the sparks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, I, Oh goodness. I would have to say the Cheshire cat tail at magic kingdom. It just that warm chocolate cream croissant thing. It's it's so good. I'm fist pumping right now. I know. <laughs> he literally did. He literally <laughs> fist pumped. <laughs> it's so good. I have to get it every time. You know what's great about a Cheshire cattail? You can eat it for breakfast or dessert. That makes the perfect sweet snack. And that is what we call ingenuity, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> and very unhealthy eating <laughs> so kind of sticking with food and drink what is your favorite drink and it can be alcoholic or non-alcoholic or both Ooh, fancy I actually don't drink it's never like my first well I shouldn't say I don't drink it's not my first choice of things but I would have to say the pog juice or whatever they call it at all the different resorts, but specifically the one at Boma. I don't know what is different about that drink that they offer in the mornings, but wow. So good. I always get a cup to go. Ooh. <laughs> I remember we were outside of the Pog Juice uh, inner circle for a long time. Yeah, and we, we were didn't t- know it existed. We were too embarrassed to ask our waiter what it was that everybody was drinking. And then we finally mustered up the courage and it's been life-changing ever since. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. They will give you a cup to go with ice and it changes the game. That's a pro tip. Yeah. So the roulette wheel really wants to hammer in food and drink today. I love so, it. I love talking about food. So I'm good with it. the worst thing you ever eaten at Disney? <laughs> oh, God. 
I, people are going to hate me for this, but I did not like the Ronto wrap at all. It, did you have breakfast or lunch? I tried the breakfast one first. And I think what threw me off was I don't like hot dogs. It's never really been a great thing for my palate. And the morning one says that it's something like a pork sausage. But whenever you eat it, it doesn't have that like sausagey flavoring to it. It tastes more like a hot dog to me. So that's why I didn't like it that much. But it, I was so underwhelmed and it just, it made me sad. But my brother finished it and my brother loved it. So different palettes, but definitely that. Well, I completely agree because I literally think I told Brennan the same exact thing that you just said, like word for word. But you love hot dogs. I love hot dogs and I love breakfast food. I absolutely adore breakfast food. But the Ronto wrap completely missed the mark. And I do think it was the sausage. It just didn't have that like spice to it that I thought I was going to get like the punch. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. Thanks for some Cracker Barrel country sausage. (laughs) Listen, Cracker Barrel sausage (laughs) is so good. (laughs) Well, I think it was the eggs for us, too, because Disneyland has like fresh made, like fluffy eggs on theirs. The ones in Disney World are definitely come out of a bag. (laughs) I was about to say that there has to be some sort of like bag and then they mix like milk into it or butter into (laughs) it. Yeah, so... Would not recommend. <laughs> Ultimately. Um, so next one is your favorite animatronic of all time. I have to ask this because Catherine can't say that word. Oh, wow. <laughs> My favorite animatronic. I am still not over. Oh, God. I don't know how to exactly say. Is it the shaman? Yeah. Is it that mm-hmm. on Navi River Journey? Every time I ride that ride, I am in awe of how detailed it is, how massive it is. No pictures, no videos can do justice of how massive it is in person. And it's, that thing just shocks me every time. I will say the ride itself is kind of underwhelming, but that in itself is worth the ride. I would have to agree with that. Definitely. Now imagine that you are my mother and you've never seen Avatar. <laughs> and we really didn't even walk through Pandora before we got on this ride. We just went straight on it. Not oh, goodness. Knowing. Yeah. Okay. A little startling. <laughs> a little startling. <laughs> I mean, you see a couple like on the screens. Yeah. You get up there. Yeah. But I guess even I call then. It an Avatar, but it's a Navi. Mm-hmm. That's true. Okay. Got to get it right. Got to get it right. <laughs> Your next one is, what do you think is the best cue? The one coming to mind is, I know that I'm kind of staying in Pandora with this, but I absolutely love the flight of passage cue. And that is one that I, I don't really get bored whenever I've waited an hour with my friends in it, because there's so much to look at and so much to explore just in each of the different rooms and that each space of the queue changes. I think that that was absolutely brilliant. I do really like that part of it, that each time you move into a different room, it is completely different. 
So it does kind of give you something to look at or something to, like if you've never done it before, something to kind of guess about, you know? Yeah. So here's my question. You know, you have two pre-shows. How do you feel about the uh, fly guy? <laughs> uh, um, I I feel like he's very distracted when he's talking to us. <laughs> and um, I, I get why that's a viral statement. But whenever you're actually in the room, you're like, that feels a little awkward with you saying a uh, fly. Because I want you to be confident <laughs> that I'm going to survive this. It's not very scientific, you know, you want, you want a professional. I'm still, I'm just so baffled. Like, what were they going for there? Like, what was the mood, <laughs> that the, what was the mood on the storyboard when they wrote that script? But who knows for anybody who doesn't want spoilers, you can skip this. But if you do <laughs> try to visit, if you decide to visit soon during still crazy times, they are greatly cutting down on that portion. So you don't have to hear him talk very much. I thought the ride was more enjoyable personally. Well, so but. you don't go through, do you go through the room where they do like the air on you or is that like a no, no, that's no. a no, no. I think they <laughs> oh. thought it was maybe a little insensitive to say that you're bringing in germs. germs. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I am sorry for all the people that, wow. You're right. They I used that room <laughs> to spread you out, but they okay. took that part out. It's mainly Dr. Jackie Ogden. Yeah. Love her. Um, <laughs> she, she's she's great. Can't say enough good things about it. <laughs> uh, but I will say we noticed we went to Universal and the Despicable Me ride did not take out their portion where Gru was talking about that you brought in all these germs, germs with you. Yeah. Ooh. Wow. Hot take. Yeah. A little dichotomy. Have you ever been on that ride? I haven't. I, I'm actually planning on going to Universal within the next month. And I want to ride Despicable Me so bad. I haven't been to Universal in eight years. So, yikes. Okay. Well, You're going to have to follow up with us and let us know. Yeah. What you think about this <laughs> I will. We won't say anything, but yeah, we'll definitely need your uh, opinions on okay. that. Okay, <laughs> I'm now going to stay vigilant for the germ quote. <laughs> yep, yep. It's uh, in the pre-show. Can't miss it. It's uh, kind of a big, it's kind of the whole premise of, of the first part. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is a big, maybe that's why they couldn't take it out. Yeah. That's true. Because it plays with the story. So next one is if you could experience one past or extinct attraction or show, which one would it be? Wow. I think I would want to ride... Um, what is it called? 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea? Was it that one? Yeah. Is that what it's called? I would love to ride that because looking at pictures and looking at old like vintage videos, that ride looks like it was incredible, even though it probably was incredibly outdated now. But that ride, it looks awesome. That's a good one. I feel like that's one that I would have never even thought of, honestly, but that's a really good answer. I don't know why I just randomly today, who knows? It might be different in an hour, but right <laughs> now, <laughs> that right sounds really fun. I think this is, I don't, this is weird, but I think I'm from an alternate reality because I vividly remember that ride being in Hollywood Studios and it wasn't. It was in Magic Kingdom. Oh my goodness. And 
I don't know why. I think it was an Echo Lake. It it wasn't in this reality, but but was there a boat in Echo Lake? I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm creating stuff now. Don't listen to me. That's <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I just, I don't know. Maybe I just had a dream about like riding Gertie around Echo Lake. Yeah. Oh my gosh. New attraction. Any Imagineers listening? <laughs> <laughs> Gertie, little Gertie boats. Joe Rody's a big fan of the show. Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. Yes. Joe Rody, anything with Gertie, we'll live for it. so the last question from our fast pass round today and this is a new one brendan just came up with this one which disney sidekick would make the best pet (gasps) this is so fun (laughs) oh my gosh that would make the best pet does it have to be a pet sidekick or can it just be a person as a pet Use your imagination. I would love Kronk as some sort of like American bulldog. (laughs) As my sidekick. (laughs) I feel like just the personality mixed with just the cute little chunky rolls of the bulldog. Wow. I would take him everywhere. (laughs) well that is something to ponder for the rest of the day (laughs) oh my goodness why did i think of that cronk okay we need someone who's good with photoshop to make this for us oh my god yes oh my gosh an artist that would be hilarious please i can give it my best shot but it's not gonna be good no mine will be trash so i won't even (laughs) attempt (laughs) so brendan since this was your question who would your sidekick pet be? Well, I make the questions. I don't answer it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have to answer it now. Um, I mean, Doug is like my obvious answer. Yeah, Doug's a That would be great. Piece. But I also like Miko might be fun. Or Mushu. He can make you breakfast. Yeah. Mushu would be awesome. Uh, if we're going outside of Disney, sticking with Eddie Murphy, Donkey might be good. <laughs> That's my answer. Oh, my goodness. Well, I guess the last question we have to ask you is something that we ask all of our guests. And it's if you have one piece of parting guidance that you would give to someone who is looking to become a content creator or they want to make their own products, what would be your advice to that person? I would say for anybody wanting to start is to literally just start and everybody has their beginning phases and don't compare your today to somebody's fourth year in what they're doing. Once you start, it's like a weight comes off of your shoulders. So if you're pondering it, definitely just go for it and start producing what you love producing because you're definitely going to love it. And the community is going to welcome you with open arms. I couldn't agree more. That's awesome. So thank you for sharing that. I know that's an actionable item and an actual mindset that our listeners can take with them. So one last thing, if you can remind our listeners where they can connect with you online. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at Second Star Collective. Just find me and I'll be there. 
Perfect. Well, Janin, thank you so much for joining us today. I know we had a blast. I'm sure everyone has enjoyed learning about what you do and getting to know you better. So thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Make sure you subscribe and leave us an iTunes review if you enjoyed the show. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland or visit DetourToNeverland.com. We appreciate you letting us be part of your day. See you real soon.